You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Stay up to date on UND Athletics with Midco Sports Plus, the official streaming app of Midco Sports. Watch games live or later from your device, plus get full access to original shows like North Dakota Hockey Central, Day by Day, and Midco Sports Magazine. Head to midcosportsplus.com to sign up today. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chase Podcast. We're taking this on the first day of February, Tuesday morning, February the 1st. Alex Seinert, Bill Chase, snow day in Grand Forks today. School called off, campus shut down, even though the calendar turns, winter, winter still has a firm grip. Yeah, Mother Nature undefeated. So uh, we're going to start there. Father time, too. Uh, don't want it. Don't don't want to exclude father time, but uh, mother nature, probably more of a maybe a wind day than than uh, anything. I think, uh, you know, gets those whiteout conditions, certainly in the country as well. And so uh, I think it probably made a little bit of sense. The uh, Grand Forks Public Schools had a day and a lot of times we'll be lockstep with uh with the public schools obviously there's so much connectivity with our our staff and our faculty that that work here with uh kids in the school district it's such a weird week for weather too like across the country the east coast got hit with a huge nor'easter last week everything shut down but three feet of snow in boston like just crazy crazy stuff you know knock on wood uh you know each each trip we have you know, it's really trip by trip and uh, making sure that you make, uh, you know, good decisions. And, you know, we had South Dakota State here and a makeup game last night here at the Betty. And I, I know that they were, you know, working through when to travel, try to travel back to Brookings. Right. So uh, as we say to our teams, always is, uh, you know, obviously safety first. And uh, if you if it makes sense that you need to stay uh, somewhere an extra night or whatever that might be or get out earlier or however that plays out we just have to be really thoughtful yeah what's so impressive is that even though the storm hit and it was you know bad and and there were obviously a lot of weather issues around the country no games got canceled at least in our world which was kind of nice the timing of it all worked out okay that we got hockey in this weekend we got basketball in this weekend including last night like you said Sometimes things just work out, line up okay. So no complaints on that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm going to completely break up the no-hitter here, Alex. But, uh, you know, even with all the issues, I think, with uh, the air industry, right? Uh, You know, it's just that coupled with weather, coupled with COVID. So you're kind of layering like three things on. And uh, fortunately, we've been lucky here recently. We, you know, we were, you know, uh, talking pre-pod about uh, seemed like we just went through a wave uh, for our conferences that knock on wood, we, we've been lucky the last couple of weekends. Hopefully, uh, maybe we're on kind of a downward cycle at this stage with the uh, with the variant. So, uh, you know, not, we're just, you know, just crossing our fingers. We can get through, uh, you know, the remaining games and, and play them all. Yeah, that's all we can do. Right. Competition. I'm going to tell you. So, well, we're going to talk about some of those competitions coming up on the podcast today. The Mulberry Bush will be walked around with a lot of different sports in action. We want to start, though. You just got back from the NCAA convention just a, a week and a half ago or so. Kind of give us the fallout of what happens in Indianapolis. Yeah. So if uh, if you remember back, uh, there was a group that was working on uh, a, a kind of a, a redo of the Constitution, which was about a 45 page document, almost down to like a 15 page document, really with the main thrust being each division has an ability now to kind of 
chart their own future. That that really is really the crux of it. You didn't need the all association vote now to do some things within divisions, but you needed the all association vote to have the ability to do this. So that's what it was last week. And um, after some conversation on the floor, um, you know, in, in I'll call it opposition to it, uh, mainly by uh, some members in Division Three, uh, it passed overwhelmingly. And so it needed a two thirds vote and it got it. Uh, I think it was more like 81%, something like that. So, um, so now, now I would say in Division One, now the real work begins. That this is now. Now there's a transformation committee. Uh, President Brashani from North Dakota State is on that uh, transformation committee, and that's really helpful for us. Uh, you know, in the leagues that we're in, because we can hear exactly what's going on in the room, right? And so, uh, um, but that's really where. Uh, that's really where the work is now being done, Alex. So Greg Sankey, the commissioner of uh, the Southeastern Conference, and Julie Comer, who's the athletic director of Ohio University, are the co-chairs. And so they're working through now, uh, what does it look like in Division One? And I, I think this is really now, now we're going to get into the conversations uh, about, you know, does things alter? And, you know, we're seeing it at the, at the highest levels, truly the highest P5 levels, even with all of the NIL situations that are going on, there's some interesting things happening it, it, literally in real time. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we'll have some resolution to some of those big issues sooner than later? Like would we expect potentially for the next calendar year or the next academic year that maybe some of these things will get pushed in place or do you kind of see this as more of a a long road to kind of getting to resolution i you know that's a really 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 good question i think i think there's a uh, a, a hope a desire to really move this thing along so that there is a, um, a framework of what this might look like um beyond you know uh this academic year, I, I do. I think there's that urgency at this point in time. Um, you know, there's going to be some really interesting questions, right? So there's always, you know, conversations about access to championships. Um, you know, uh, what what does it look like? I'll call it on the grant and aid front. Um, you know, because if you're if you're potentially um, allowing more in certain uh, areas, well, that's going to affect everybody, and so. Um, you know, obviously, student athlete welfare is always uh, critical. And, you know, if you look back at the NCAA's history, that's the reason why it was formed based on football deaths uh, in 1906. And so that actually, you know, is always got to be on the forefront. So, you know, Alex, I, that is a really good question. I, you know, you just take the biggest, the biggest um, issue that maybe has, uh, um, you know, uh, turned up here in the last I don't know, 50 years, which was the uh, ability for student athletes to do some things with their name, image, and likeness, which they hadn't before, before, you know, the initial thought process was it, it but it could not be linked to uh, recruiting inducements. And I'm going to suggest to you on this pod that it's all about recruiting. It, it, it's, it's, that's what it's about. And so, you know, it, it's like when folks say it's not about the money, of course it's about the money, right? <laughs> when you say it's not, when you say it's not about the money, 
you actually are saying it is. That's basically like you're pointing the all of your fingers are pointing at the money at that point when you say that. Yeah. 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 And so <laughs> I I'd say you know, so what does that mean for the University of North Dakota? What does that mean for the Summit League and the NCHC and Missouri Valley Football Conference? You know, I, I just think the conversations and the actual practicality of what's actually happening, we'll call it at the P5 level right now, I just don't think is in our world right now. Uh, it might get there, uh, you know, um, but but right now, I just think there's there's some things happening there that need to be, um, you know, vetted out and the rules of engagement on how intercollegiate athletics run at the division one level. It may look different, might, I don't know. Um, but that th this group's going to try to figure it out. And I think you got to start at the most macro, you know, um, topics, right. And then work your way down. And we've always been pretty good about getting caught up in the minutia. And, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, if you want to say, you know, what you can put on your bagels and what you can't put on your bagels. Well, if we're talking about those things, you know, uh, then we're talking about the wrong things. I mean, you know, just have a bagel, just go for it. You know, I mean, whatever topping you want, it's, it's all good, but it's the bigger stuff that we have to figure out. And, you know, I do believe this, you know, however it plays itself out, there will still be intercollegiate athletics tethered to the university at a regional capacity that is really important to the state and the region that is still going to happen now the rules of engagement on how maybe you recruit student athletes and what can happen while they're here maybe that's the stuff that changes to some degree and so uh i don't know all right so, so the last thing and we'll get off this topic but this is this is kind of where i'm at is i i look at it so so the, the NCAA formed based on the, the sport of football that 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 happened. It was based on deaths and it was based on, you know, um, just there needed to be an oversight association to make sure that there was health and safety protocols in place. So football's always driven the NCAA because it started with that. But I think the NCAA became popular in culture because of the explosion of the NCAA basketball tournament. And, you know, you can argue other sports and all of those other things, but when you're talking about the term brackets and people know what brackets are, and, and it doesn't even matter if you like the sport, that's become a thing where David can beat Goliath. Right. And so it kind of reminds me of the FA cup in England. And so it, it, I hope that our, my, my peers keep all of that in mind as they're having these conversations, because, you know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Super League and it has a lot of similarities to what the, you know, what, what soccer dealt with in Europe. Well, we know how the Super League, how we know how that panned out. So that there, we know the response to that and that's still ongoing and that maybe is not dead yet because there still is a driving force there, but that's interesting that you would juxtapose those two things. That, because it is. It, I don't know. It, what do you similar. think? No, what do you think? think? I mean, fr from your chair. No, I, that's uh, that sounds very similar. It's that's kind of the way the world has sort of evolved a little bit, or like the way that maybe the world has always worked, where sort of the rich and powerful sort of want to separate themselves from everybody else, and we've seen that in sports now too. And that's just sort of you know how how can we 
push everybody else down a little bit and sort of find a way to separate ourselves so we're not associating with people that are quote unquote below us. And that's kind of how it is in soccer. And we've seen that with the tiers in major college sports as well. And this is obviously very different than professional sports leagues with the franchise system. College sports are much more like a club system of soccer in Europe. You are right. And that's uh, it'll be interesting to see if the NCAA follows suit in some sense that there is sort of this weird hierarchy. Uh, we'll see. So, so, so you've got, you know, you've got the, this, this is very on the very macro level of how division one's going to operate. You've got that piece. Then you had NIL come into play, right? And then you had the extra COVID year and you had the transfer portal affecting five sports that had never been affected. We're just seeing some of that remnants, you know, in some of our sports and, and, and there's, it feels like it's uneven. It's a bit rocky right now. It hasn't normalized and we just need to be, you know, uh, just know that eventually it will, I think, I'll call it even out. It will normalize, but um, we're in some, it, it feels like, you know, there's a storm outside. It feels like we're a little bit stormy right now in the NCAA. Yeah, it does feel that way. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching and paying attention to what goes on. And obviously during this podcast in the weeks and months to come, we'll be leaning on you a bit to help explain what is going on and what is some of the, the real life, you know, execution of some of the rules that are being, being laid out right now through the convention and, and so forth. Yeah, access to championships for sure is is critical, right? Like, you know, can, do you have a chance through your, uh, you know, again, I, I, I liken again to a lot of things that happen in soccer to some degree, as long as there's a pathway to some degree, you know, you might get that awesome opportunity to go play one of those big clubs, so to speak. Um, you just got to make sure that there's pathways, you know, and now, now the, the, I'll call, I'll call it the subterranean, you know, scenarios that are occurring right now um, are some, you know, changes in league affiliations too. that that's kind of been, you know, throw that into the mix a little bit. And, and it's not just at the highest levels. I mean, I, I think, to some degree, Texas and Oklahoma felt like they might have started this a little bit, but we've got FCS schools sort of making moves into the group of five, so to speak, and then other FCS schools going to different conferences. And so the landscape is uh, unsettled right now. It does seem like every, maybe not every week, but every month you do see a report that someone's switching a conference or someone is going to move out of FCS and move up. And there obviously there have been rumors of these things for a long time, but it is funny to see that into practice. And that's sort of, it's, I sort of stopped paying attention on the day to day because it's hard to keep up and you know, it's going to change. And I'll, I'll check back in, in August when we, when we get ready with, with yeah. football season to see where the pieces settled and then we'll go from there. But it is interesting. That is, that is a constantly evolving landscape for sure. And I, you know, and I don't know, um, you know, I look at, I look at our history here and I, I feel like we are, um, we're where we need to be, uh, from a regional standpoint. And it took us a little bit to get there as we went from division one and, you know, had to find your way through the conferences and then get back to where you're, I guess, you know, regionally, regionally, um, connected. And so, I don't know with some of the other schools they're 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 it's just interesting. I I'm trying to get my head around, you know, the the thought process of of what they're thinking at this point, but you know, I, and the only reason why I I, I concern myself with that is cuz then I wonder how it's going to affect our leagues, right? So I mean, and is there is there a school or two that might end up going somewhere else? I mean, the latest was uh, University of Illinois Chicago going to the Missouri Valley. And so because that had uh 
I'll call it connective tissue with potentially Kansas City being out there uh, in the news, so to speak. And so, you know, I didn't know if that was going to affect us in the Summit League, but apparently, at least today, it's not. Here's what I know, and this is what's happened. Like, so I, uh, trying to think. So, twenty-two minus seven, so fifteen years in this uh, in this chair, this athletic director chair. You know what ends up never happening? Like, you put out a a cycle of schedules, like a four year cycle of schedules, you never get through them. <laughs> it's like, you never get through them. And it's like, because it's just, it, it, it's, it seems like there's a never ending churn of things occurring. And so that makes it interesting because if you never make it through a cycle per se, um, it makes it hard when you have uneven numbers of, of schools. And, and, and so it's just, it, you know, what, Equity and f- fairness sometimes maybe never gets to the end when everything would have cycled through. There's there's plates spinning all the time, and so you just got to make sure that we're we're making uh, uh, we're making sure that we're, we're we're monitoring the landscape on kind of all fronts so that we can make the right decisions and keep people informed at the University of North Dakota, and then you know further. Uh, you know, the three conferences that we're in. Yeah. Keeping the most important thing, the most important thing. In That's right. Worlds. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Not bagels. I mean, <laughs> you go eat a bagel. If you're hungry, eat a bagel, put whatever you want on it. Uh, what's your bagel topping of choice, Bill, before we go into some specifics <laughs> of UND athletics and the week it was? You know what? Butter. Butter. <laughs> Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Nothing wrong with that. I butter on a bagel, delicious. No, cream cheese is fine. Peanut butter is great. Um, you know, but I think I would default to just a, a simple, simple butter. Simple butter, nice, good. Butter on anything is usually a pretty. Good How about choice. you? Uh, I would mostly be just a plain cream cheese kind of guy for the most part. But sometimes, yeah, I've recently discovered if you do cream cheese. Uh, my wife found this great everything but the bagel seasoning. So which which has got like the garlic and the sesame seeds. And so it's basically an everything bagel seasoning. And you can put that on a little bit on top of your cream cheese. And if I put cucumbers, sliced cucumbers on top, it's a really good snack. Really good, fresh, tastes great. What I like about the pod is we can give out food advice too. <laughs> Oh, I'm hungry right now. This That sounds great. All these things. Love a little buttered bagel or a little something extra. Uh, let's talk about UND Athletics. We had some some big events coming up the last couple of weeks. A lot of teams in action, including hockey, which had a big weekend against St. Cloud State. A couple of losses in a row, and they bounced back in a big way this last weekend. That was a lot of fun to see that team perform up to the level that we had gotten used to over the first half of the season, Bill. Yeah, you know, um, it was a... Uh... It was obviously, you know, Friday night, you know, with the onslaught of goals, that was uh, something that this team, I, I think, needed. Uh, you know, they needed a little bit of a breakthrough. They needed a bounce. And, uh, you know, once one came, two came, three came, and then they all kind of came. It's just funny how the, that goes, right? Um, so it's like it's a baseball team, you know, just for whatever, going through a, a deal where they're just not scoring runs, and all of a sudden they're on a tear. And so uh, – and then you knew you'd get the bounce back from uh, from a very good St. Cloud team. And uh, it was uh, – Saturday night's game was a great game. And, uh, you know, uh, the one thing that you, you, you find out and depending on how the year goes, what an awesome teammate between, uh, 
um, Jacob and, uh, and Zach Driscoll, you know, I mean, you know, uh, it, as one thing we have found out throughout time is that if you've got two good goalies, you know, sometimes you can spark something on a weekend and sometimes you need that. And that's just the way it, it happens. And so for Zach to, to come in and, and shut the door on Saturday, I thought was awesome. And then of course, and getting the extra point in the shootout. Hey, you know what? That point could be a big, big point down the road. You can't state how big taking five of six from a St. Cloud State team that had won four in a row and had been really, really hot, number six in the country. That's huge, you know, for this North Dakota team. You keep pace with Denver, who also took five of six over the weekend. You're just three points back. Denver's got to play the Huskies now, probably an upset Huskies team out in the Rockies this weekend. And you get a chance, again, not that Omaha is going to be an easy game, but you, you get a chance now to potentially pull yourself even and, and get yourself back into the top of the standings this weekend. It's exciting to see. This was a weekend when they needed some good things to happen, and it certainly came to fruition. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a few things were compiling, right? And so every time you go through a weekend and you don't you don't get a W, you, know, you, you kind of feel like, it's stacking up a little bit. So to, to have a, you know, a Friday night um, game like we did was incredibly important. You know, I, you know, just give yourself a chance for a sweep. Uh, hadn't, we hadn't been in that position. It felt like in a long, long time, I think CC was the last time it was the case, right. Right before, uh, um, right before uh, the holidays. And so, uh, yeah, so it was good for the guys, but you're right now, now, you know, you've got two more weekends at home and, uh, you know, this conference, as we saw, where Miami almost uh, beat Denver on Friday night, um, you know, our guys have to be prepared. And, you know, with Jake uh, going over to Beijing, obviously uh, provides opportunity for for uh, for others. But um, but, you know, we're uh, we've got to be prepared. We know Omaha, uh, you know, is uh, is is nipping at our heels, uh, certainly in the uh, in the national rankings. And so we've got to uh, we've got to. Um, we got to be dialed in for sure on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, big games coming up against the Mavericks on the 4th and 5th games you can watch live on Midco Sports. Uh, and then another home series against Colorado College the next week. It's, it's just 10 games left in the regular season. Six of them are at home. Great opportunity for this UND team to bank some points and, and keep it rolling after a really strong weekend. Um, two last things on hockey. This was the first weekend, home weekend, of UND hockey that I missed since my daughter was born back in 2017. And it was a little weird to, to not be in the building and sort of be paying attention from a distance. But I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Midco Sports crew and especially to David Brown who filled in. He's going to be doing some games the next couple of weeks uh, when I'm off with CBS. And I thought those guys did a tremendous job uh, and had incredible games to call. And I was insanely jealous, but it was great to see uh, the product on our airwaves not diminish. Well, we appreciate everything that Midco does. Appreciate hosting this podcast. Um, appreciate David and uh, and Jake and uh, you, you having an opportunity to call some national games, I think is incredibly important and awesome for you um, and, and awesome for Midco as well. And so at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it, it, it was good. And uh, the, the, the Ralph had a little bit of a jump to it on Friday yeah, that had the so. students mm -hmm. back. Yeah. It just, there was a little bit of energy in the, in the building, Alex. And I think, um, I think, you know, people knew, Hey, we got to have a good weekend here. I mean, we got to try to give ourselves a chance, uh, to, to, uh, to get going in the right direction. Yeah. If you want a three Pete, that was a big weekend and they got five of six. Uh, now, as you mentioned a moment ago, Jake Sanderson is already in LA getting ready to depart for Beijing with team USA. Jake's schedule looks like this. First game is coming up in 10 days. We're in February and the Olympics start 
this weekend, which is wild. But they'll have some preliminary games. They'll play China coming up on the 10th. They'll play Canada coming up on the 12th of February and then Germany on the 13th. So three games in a span of four days. And then you go through the, the quarterfinals and then the, gold, the, the medal round, etc. But if you want to pay attention to what's going on, a lot of these games are going to be on USA Network. They'll either be on early-ish in the morning, 7 a.m., or later in the evening, 10 p.m. So it works out really well. On the 12th, that's a Saturday, you can watch North Dakota Colorado College. That should wrap up at about 8.30 or so. Jake's going to play Canada at 10 o'clock that night. Could be a really fun night of hockey for UND fans coming up on the 12th of February. So things to be tracking on as we shift uh, shift into next week and into February. I'll be very interested to see how things go with the Olympics. I, I don't think there's – are they having fans in, Alex? I don't think I, so, I don't think right? so. I think things are pretty much going to be empty. I think pretty walled off. So I haven't heard that officially, but that was what I seemed to be the conversation, that these were going to be sterile Olympics without a lot of atmosphere, just – kind of shut down not much yep. going on i know for for a fact um and this may be more of is a, is a b-side topic i know that nbc is ready to take a hit in terms of viewership there's just not a lot of buzz about these particular games because of a number of reasons and it's tough to see but they'll make it up when we get to la and get get to some of these paris in 2024 and la in 2028 and some of these more you know uh, places that people will be able to travel to and time zones that are a little easier to watch live and all those things. So, but anyway, it's a little weird that it's this week. I, I love the Olympics almost more than anything. And it still hasn't quite like sunk in. That, oh yeah. The opening ceremonies is Friday and we got game. There'll be Olympic events before then coming up this week. And it's uh it'll be fun to pay attention to even if nobody else is watching. Yeah. Well, kudos to Jake and representing the university of North Dakota. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting opportunity for him uh, to be able to put on uh, your country's Jersey. Yeah. Very cool. So things to pay attention to there. Best of luck to Brad Derry and the crew as they get ready to take on the Mavericks this weekend. Uh, basketball of course is in full swing still just a couple of weeks now, now that we're in February, you mentioned NCAA basketball tournament a bit ago. March is just around the corner, and so things start to heat up a little bit. The women had that great six-game winning streak that eventually got snapped this past weekend against the South Dakotas. Again, SDSU and USD are two great programs again this year. UND, though, hung with South Dakota. That was actually a tighter game than what North Dakota has played against the Coyotes in recent years. Even though they lost, this is still... A pretty good season going on for Mallory Bernard. They're fourth right now in the conference, but they're right there. I think they're a half game back of Kansas City. Still everything to play for for that group. A great chance to finish in the top half of the league and, and get a high seed and really set yourself up for a deep run come summer league tournament time. Yeah, South Dakota, uh, they've got they've got a lot of um, miles on the odometer for sure. They've got a lot of uh, um, veteran players, and uh, they just uh, – you know, they found a way, um, not many games. I don't think they've been behind at half. And so, uh, uh, you know, had a heck of a second quarter and, uh, and it was, a, it was a pretty tight game, uh, you know, throughout, and then they found a way to just kind of extend it out. But, you know, now, now it's, what do you do, you know, with those, with those particular, uh, you know, types of efforts, you know, on the road, because now we're flip-flopping the men, the men are getting a pretty good uh, chunk of games at home right now, whereas the women are on the road and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, our women can uh, continue, uh, you know, to do what they need to do uh, on the road. And hopefully our men uh, can get a little home cooking here and get, get going a little bit. Last night's game against South Dakota state, I thought, you know, um, 
we played hard, um, you know, good team effort. I, there was times where we had three true freshmen on the floor at once. And, you know, um, you know, we're, we're, we're putting miles on the odometer this year. <laughs> and that's, that's what this year is going to be about for Paul Sather's group. I think just trying to get some of those young guys experience, get more battle tested in these types of games. Again, they played a South Dakota state team. That's yet to lose in conference down to the wire. I mean, they, UND now, even though they haven't won a game in conference play, it's been a long time since they've tasted victory. The men have come so close in a lot of these games, and it's going to happen at some point. And whether that is this week with Denver and Omaha coming to town, you get some home games in the mix. Maybe it comes next week when they're on the road at St. Thomas or Western. Who, who knows? It's going to happen sometime. And this, this team has still got a great opportunity to make their way into the tournament. It's not over yet. Still with... Six games left? Eight games left in the regular eight game, season. Eight games, eight games left, left in yep. the regular season. So there's still plenty of opportunity to pick one up and still make yourself a player and have a shot to get to, you, know, I, you just need a seat at the table sometimes come March. So yeah, the, you know, the, the so so a couple things there, right? Is um you know, we've uh we've just not had, I would say, all of our uh you know our, our, all of our tools from the toolbox, uh, you know, throughout the year. And, uh, you know, with Mitch Suker, you know, going down for the year and that, that, that was tough for sure. And, and I know Caleb Nero, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, missed a considerable time and, you know, in other things occurring. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we just got to try to find a way to, to grind out one, one can come to two, two can go to three and then you never know. And you just saw last night, that's, that's the top team. So, so that's the difference between, uh, you know, at this point in time, one and 10. And, uh, I thought we, you know, we played pretty well down to the wire and, and, and had a shot. So, uh, um, so we just got to keep, keep going, keep grinding and, uh, and, and find a way. That's all you can do, right? Just got to keep your head up. On to Denver. So again, men at home against Denver on Thursday, home against Omaha on Saturday. Those games are live on Midcoast Sports. Again, the women on the road in the Rockies and down in Omaha this weekend as well. Uh, one fun non-winter sports note, football has a couple of big things going on this week. National Signing Day is coming up on Wednesday for the football program. And then Matt Moletzko uh, is going to be playing in the Senior Bowl coming up on Saturday down in Mobile, Alabama at 1.30 on NFL Network kind of fun to have you know as as foot as super bowl stuff is now upon us and things like that fun to have some und football talk going on in the midst of this great nfl playoff run yeah you know this this particular signing day obviously a little bit overshadowed from uh the the first signing day that occurs and i think everybody has a different way of uh going about it but as as the uh as that first signing day came into fruition about five years ago i think most sign their their entire uh, class, you know, now we'll get some others that will sign too, though. And, and that's important for us. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And having Matt represent the university of North Dakota, I think is awesome. Um, you know, he's just got, you know, such a, a great frame, I think a great NFL frame. So I'll be very interested to see uh, where he ends up uh, going and uh, look forward to tracking his career. Yeah, Matt's playing on the national team, which is coached by the Detroit Lions staff. He's got he's got some pretty good players around him, uh, which which is kind of fun seeing some big name guys from the FBS level that he'll be blocking for and protecting uh, come this Saturday. And obviously, the Senior Bowl that has really propelled some people. If you have a good week in practice and a good game, you can see your stock rise quite a bit come NFL draft time. So best of luck to Matt as he brings his talents to Mobile here this week. Uh, some other in season things. 
track and field had the UND Open this past weekend. And that was a great success, obviously, on the track and in, in the field. Um, four event wins, eight marks inside the top 10 on the UND all-time list. But really, this was more of a dress rehearsal, not just for the athletes, but for the staff as well, for what's coming at the end of the month, Bill. Yeah, with uh, Coach Varenkamp and his crew uh, that are now here in Grand Forks, it was incredibly important to get this one in prior to getting the Summit League Championship and uh, now less than a month. And so, yeah, we're we're excited about it. And I know uh, Kyle Doporalski and Eric Martinson and, and, and everyone on our staff did a fantastic job and there was just a lot of a lot of energy in the building i stopped in uh prior to women's basketball and uh and the pollard was jumping so it was uh literally literally jumping um but uh but ultimately um it was a uh it was great it was great and you know it, you know what was kind of cool too alex is uh and I, I give kudos to our staff as well so we've um um, contracted with a, a local firm, HB Sound and Light, and uh, and we've been streaming, uh, streaming uh, our our uh, track meets from the Pollard Center, um, and it's just so important to be able to do that. I haven't gotten the actual uh, feedback yet as far as where uh, you know folks were were watching from, but I guarantee you, with the amount of student athletes that were participating on Saturday, I guarantee you that I'm sure uh, there was uh, many, many that were, was viewing the track meet. So that's, that's kind of cool. I can imagine. Yeah. The guys at HB are, are fantastic. And they, a lot oh. of those guys are, are on our crew and, and do almost every live event that we do. And so they do great work. That's, that's great. Those guys are, are helping out to bring UND track and field to the masses worldwide. <laughs> yeah. And, and when we say that literally, it's right? literally worldwide, it Absolutely. literally is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Tracksters will head down to Fargo on the 4th and 5th for the Bison Open. Then it's to Brookings for the SCSU Classic the following weekend. One more tune-up meet at the Pollard Center. And then the 25th and 26th Summit League Indoor Championships in Grand Forks. Get excited for that coming up this month. Tennis, by the way, finally got off the mark after a couple of cancellations and postponements. Uh, good to see the men have some success. They're 2-2 two and two after a couple of weekends. The women 1-3. and three. Both will be on the road coming up this week to exotic locations like Minneapolis and Boise, assuming the weather holds out. Uh, but then some, some home tennis coming up, by the way, later this month. In two weeks, choice is the place to go on the 12th and 13th. Uh, some some uh, good a good mix of, of different opposition D three D two all coming to town. Be sure to check out the tennis coming up. Yeah, in two weeks. yeah, good good plug for uh, Choice Health and Fitness. Uh, if you have never been out there to a uh, to a tennis match, I'd encourage you to do it. It's it's really an awesome uh, facility. Number one, but number two, just the ability to watch it from up up high and watch all the courts simultaneously if you've never been to a college tennis match i, I would encourage you to do so yeah it's a lot of fun i think we say this every year around this time but you can't plug it enough it really is a great experience especially coming off to this time of year if you've been paying attention at all like australian open just happened and watching rafa nadal and like you're excited about tennis you have a little a little something and now you get a chance to go watch this our athletes do this live it's it's great. So that's coming up on the 12th for the women and the 13th for the men. And again, lots of other events as the core, as, as February and March roll on over at Choice to check out. Anything else, Bill, from a UND or NCAA perspective you want to chat about before we do a quick flip? Yeah, let's do a quick flip. Let's do it. Let's do it. January, we, we talked about signing day for college football. January is also the signing day of a sort in major soccer. The January transfer window, which takes place all month, is usually... 
a lot of rumors and this and that of the eyes moving different play. And usually nothing really that big happens. This was kind of an interesting transfer window, though, especially for your club, Bill. A lot of dead wood being shipped out of White Hart Lane. What are your thoughts about Spurs making some moves here on January the 31st? Yeah, it, it, I was interested to see how many uh, guys would get uh, potentially moved on. And it, it actually happened in pretty much their entire midfield. I mean, yeah. pretty, pretty much their whole midfield. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the return. I think we've got a couple of guys coming in from Juventus. So uh, we'll see. See, I, I know nothing about them. So uh, only what I've read. And so, you know, it always sounds maybe better than it would be. It's just, we'll see how they connect with the, with the, uh, with the team. I mean, and we'll see what happens, but for whatever reason, those guys that, that were, were leaving just didn't, um, they just weren't, it just wasn't working for them there. And so uh, we tried to get one guy and uh, you guys swooped in late and got him from us. So uh, I saw that. He was our guy first. So oh. Louis Diaz was, we oh. were going to sign Louis Diaz from port from Porto. He's a Colombian winger. The clop that was something that was in in not in writing, but basically at when the season was over, he was gonna come sign. Tottenham starts sniffing around and makes an offer. And I think that sort of jump you you forced our hand, Bill. But uh, that essentially jump started the negotiation process. And then yes, we 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 pipped you to the signing of, of this guy. But um <laughs> and yes, I did spend I did spend 15, 20 minutes watching Louis Diaz highlights over the course of the last couple of weeks. I you know. Sue me. I, it's fun. It's fun to get excited about these people. For, for Spurs, though, you do bring in, yes, uh, Betancourt and Kulisevsky from Juventus. Kulisevsky basically is like the guy that you tried to sign that Liverpool signed. He's a, you know, tricky winger. Not as good. I mean, I mean we got the better guy, but I mean, you know, whatever. But uh, the big the big news, you, and you move on from Deli Alley, who was like a foundational piece from your team a couple of seasons ago. And the other guys, Ndombele, Lo Celso, those were more recent signings that Mourinho made that just didn't quite work out for whatever reason but just thoughts on Delhi moving on that that guy was going to be the future of this team and now he's an Everton player yeah I you know really interesting I, and I thought Newcastle was uh, kicking tires on him a little bit too but I think he ended up in Everton but um, you know Alex it has never gone well for him ever since he uh, is no longer on on the English uh, national team Seems like, you know, they, they kind of made that decision there. And I, I don't know. He just, uh, for some reason, has not been able to be consistent uh, for the last few years. And so I, I don't know what that is. And I, I, I really like him. I, I like watching him. But there were times where he would be out there and he would like, you, you wouldn't even see him. And that's really weird because he has incredible talent. I mean, he's, he's really fun to watch, uh, when he's, when he's going, but he hasn't been going for the last, uh, several years. So in, uh, over the course, and maybe it's been the change in managers, who knows, but, um, maybe a new scenery is, is what he needs. He was incredible when he came up like as a 20, 21 year old and was a huge part of your run to a runner up mm -hmm. finish. What mm -hmm. in the 2016 season where you get, you came so close and yeah, it was a big part of England's World Cup squad in 2018, and it just—it's amazing to see how his influence has just waned and now completely disappeared. Over it's been—it's been inverted from uh, Sun's rise. Mm. It, it, you know, it almost seems like that ascension, and it seems like it's been completely inverted. And 
you know, I don't know. It's just odd. He needed a new scenery. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm good with it. I, I, even if he has a great, you know, poor Twins fans with David Ortiz making the Hall of Fame, but if he makes the Premier League Hall of Fame, I, I, I he wasn't doing it at Tottenham. Yeah, that's a great segue because we did have Big Poppy go in or at least be voted in to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And that was the case of a guy, again, with Minnesota that was, you know, had moments, but was not a Hall of Fame player for the Twins. And but the Red I'll Sox t- came I'll in. T- go ahead. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though. Do yourself a favor at some point and look at his last three years in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Yeah. And now partially they must have had. I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think who they had DH wise right then. It was, that, was it still Chili Davis at that point in time? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's too, too well, long maybe, ago. I think Chili was maybe a little older than a little yeah, bit older, but, but yeah. they must've had somebody that was in play because his last three years in Minnesota weren't bad, weren't bad. And it was kind of interesting to give up on a young slugger like that. Well, we're really thankful that they did because he went on to be one of the most influential and important Red Sox players in the franchise's history, and now he's a Hall of Famer. What's your favorite Big Poppy memory? Oh, God. There's just so many. Um, you know, it had to be when they came back against the Yankees, right? It, it, it game, whatever it was, game, four, yeah. game, game five four. and game yeah, six. Yes, yep. Well, game four, game five. And, and, and yep. really, it was he had two couple walk offs on back to back. I ended up being the same day, I think, ultimately. Because yeah. game four ended at about one o'clock Eastern time, and then they came back and did it again the next night. Yeah. That's to save the season and the comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I always appreciated his comments afterwards. Um, You know, he's a DH. He gets up probably four times a game and he would be really on uh, umpires. If, you know, at a one, one count, if, if they miss it and he's one and two, that's a big deal for him against, you know, he doesn't play defense. So at the end of the day, being two and one versus one and two, I mean, just look at the statistical analysis of that. I mean, so yeah, I, he, 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 I was thinking about this the other day. I, I think my favorite, ultimately, ultimately, ultimately my favorite Red Sox is Pedro Martinez, ultimately, but um, David Ortiz right there. Has to be. Just, right. He has to be. Yeah. On anybody's list brought a lot of joy to the city. Which, <laughs> what's your the, favorite moment? Uh, I mean, obviously, all the 04 stuff was great. In 2013, though, that Tigers series, when he hits that, well, I was it either a walk-off home run, but they, uh, like, we were kind of dead in the water in that series, and that was sort of, like, the last great, like, poppy moment to, to push them over the top in the ALCS, and they go on to beat the Cardinals in the World Series. Like, that was, that was really special, and that was kind of a, you almost expected it, like, is he going to do it? And then mm-hmm. he does it, and... I don't know. There, there were a lot. I think um, he was he was one of my favorite players. Just this his personality and his his clutch gene that just continued yeah. to come through every time. He was just he was incredible. What he did, you know, you know, after the marathon bombing. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the city city needed that, and uh, he provided that moment, which was great. I thought there was one, and I'd have to. Th- I don't know if it was 04 or 03, but it was certainly around that time. But I, I think it was 04 when they ended up winning it that year. They're playing the Yankees. And first two guys, uh, top of the first, first two guys go down pretty pretty easily. 
And then it went Ramirez Ortiz and Ramirez, I think had an unbelievable at bat and it walks or gets on somehow. And then Ortiz hits a home run. And it was like, you're almost out of the inning and now you're down to nothing. And, and it was like, it, you know, it's just and the way he rose to occasions was incredible. Yeah, those those early 2000s Red Sox teams and obviously throughout that decade, that was for me like the most important Red Sox seasons of my life. And you knew the team so well. And it was fun to see that you had Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz and Johnny Damon and like these guys who did have these big personalities and Kevin Millar, like Kevin his, Millar, it, got yeah. the idiots, the idiots teams of those years. They were just kind of a bunch of <laughs> Jason Veritek behind the plate, you know, punching Alex Rodriguez. Those games still resonate. Like you still remember like time and place where you were when those things happened. And Big Poppy was at the center of all of it. So you tip your cap. Welcome to Cooperstown. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun for sure and uh, well-deserved. Yeah, good. Well, on that note, we could talk really quick. In one word, Super Bowl pick, because we'll, we'll pod after the Super Bowl. Who you got, Bengals or Rams? Ooh, I, I, it should be a fun game. Um, I, I guess I'll go with the Rams um, at home. But, boy, Cincinnati, um, you know, give them credit. You saw that coming, right? You know, well, I, I watched them twice against the Steelers, and that was not fun. They absolutely uh, laid the lumber to the Steelers twice this year, and uh, they're just so um, talented offensively. Their their wideouts are so good. So now, can can Cincinnati's offensive line stop LA's? Uh, I mean, that's going to be really difficult for them. Feels like that's where it'll be won and lost, doesn't it? It kind of yeah. feels like the Giants Patriots, right? It, 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 you can make Burrow <laughs> uncomfortable. Too soon, Bill. But yes, yes, I think that's probably where I think you're right. I think you're right on the money. So it should be a fun game. New matchup. We've not seen this particular matchup. Obviously, we've not seen this Bengals team in the Super Bowl since the 80s. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see it all play out in L.A. Back to back years where a team is in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Pretty well. And certainly I have connection to, to Cooper cup. And so at the end of the day to see him, you know, I almost kind of want to see him just cap off this year. It's been so, so phenomenal. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, Eastern Washington's finest. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's just a really good player. Bill, you're the man. You got to go. Great stuff this week as always. Have a great week making things happen in the snow up there. Stay warm. Yes, amen. For Bill Shaves, for Kyle Doporowski, who's pinch hitting as our producer this week, I'm Alex Seiner. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the next edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast.